Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Impact of Influence, The Murdoch Family Murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. So grateful you decided to spend some time with us. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker is here as well. And we will hope that you'll share this episode, rate it, and... Uh, make some comments on it and reach out to us on our impact of influence Facebook page. Some things to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Becky Hill's response to a complaint that was filed against her an ethics complaint. We're going to be talking about the Gordons author and photographer of Becky Hill's book versus lawyer Lori. There's more developments on that and lots of comments on our interview with the Gordons from the previous episode, we will get to those uh, as many as we can uh, coming up a little bit later on the pod. But Seton Tucker, fresh back from vacation <laughs> and ready to roll. What uh, do we want to start with? Well, I think we should start with a big breaking news by ABC News 2 and Charleston, Drew Tripp and Ann Emerson report that there are some ties between the arrest of Becky Hill's son and uh, this ethics complaint. He was arrested on some wiretapping, eavesdropping charges, and they are saying that there may be some uh, connection between his arrest and Becky Hill's ethics complaint. Now, again, to be clear, the ethics complaint does not directly tie to possible jury tampering. It right. could, it could not. It could have something to do with their credibility. But at this moment, it, it, there's a whole bunch of other accusations that have been filed against Becky that don't involve jury tampering. No, and I think uh, the biggest question there is whether this will impact uh, credibility of Becky Hill. Exactly right. Uh, that is what we have heard as a possible outcome of all this, but we shall see. So the ethics complaint was filed, and then Becky uh, since responded, uh, sort of. <laughs> we, we don't know. Fitz got this response. Fitz News. Fitz yeah. News got this response uh, from Becky Hill, and it's not clear who filed this, if this is a draft, if this was what was actually submitted to the ethics committee, we don't know. And, and one thing you said is that it got it from, they didn't get it from Becky Hill directly we, that we know of. No, they said it was from a source, but yeah. they did not reveal right. their source. Okay, so this could be a draft, like you said, or it could be what will be filed, or it might be ripped up and thrown away. Uh, yeah, we don't know. But um, it's we, interesting. We do know that she denies all of this stuff. She says the complaint was lodged by two people who find sport in attacking good, honest members of the community. She said they're bereft of any evidence of wrongdoing, that these people are jealous and judgmental. Petty mentions the complaints. Yeah, random, random and petty. And petty. Yep. It's a fishing expedition. So she's, she's denying it all. You, know, you would expect her to deny it all. Uh, again, we don't know if this is going to be an official response from Becky, if it is a draft or whatever. But that is basically... 
an attorney wrote this. Becky didn't write this. It was because on behalf of my client, Becky Hill. No, we don't know who the attorney is. And we should note that there are two ethics complaints which were filed against Becky Hill, and we only one uh, has been leaked to the media. The second one uh, has not been received. But in this response, she goes through both complaints. And so I think we should go through allegation by allegation and see what she says. Okay. So the first one is that she was using taxpayer money outside the scope of routine business to write her book. And she says in her response that she did keep a journal, but the information in her journal was not proprietary or privileged in any way, and that it was basically as public domain. That's her response to that. And they say that Mrs. Hill has been keeping notes on many other cases in her life. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. says that, uh, you know, not unlike the bestsellers, authors like John Grisham and Mary Higgins Clark, she thought that it would be an interesting read. And she mentions it was not uh, privileged to the litigants. And so she has been thinking about books forever, according to this. And something that you said, and I, maybe they got it from you, that the... In our interview with her, she said she was taking copious notes. Yes. And you said, I don't know, could it be journaling? Could it be this or that? And then her response, it mentions that it was a journal that she was keeping throughout the trial. Yes. So now we are on to what, two? Number two, where um, she said she used her position to make contacts prior to the trial that would assist her in this endeavor, I guess, writing her book. And she basically says that she believed that the relationship with the media would be a positive factor in portraying our state and our town in a positive light. And looking back on the trial, that there was no doubt that her efforts in this regard were successful. Okay, fair enough. I don't. I, I think that she did handle the media well, from what she, I could tell. Yeah, she did. It was seamless the way she handed out passes and made sure everything, everyone was following the rules, not bringing a phone in. Yeah. which is interesting with this. We'll get to the uh, picture later. But, um, she, you know, she made sure everyone was following the rules and it really ran seamlessly. So then the third allegation that she responds to is that she used her position to obtain confidential information and digital images of the defendant and others during the trial. So, yep, we're talking about the phones. She says that there are public security cameras located at the entrance of the courthouse, and there, there are at least 15 monitors throughout the courthouse. And then she does say, at some point during the deliberations of the trial, Gary Hale, a law enforcement officer. Former law enforcement. It, yeah, a yeah. former law enforcement officer who is now a member of the clerk of court staff, used his cell phone to take a picture from the public security camera previously referenced that is the public hallway entrance to the courthouse. Okay, this is blown up on social media mm -hmm. because it doesn't appear as if this monitor that she's referring to was where this picture was taken from. Because the picture is Alec in his jail cell. Yes. And the word is that the security camera in, his, in the jail cell where he would be or anybody else that was arrested is not part of the main footage you would see when you enter. And you can see the brown name of this monitor in that picture. I think it might have been Samsung. I don't have the picture in front of me. And that the monitor that was located at the front of the courthouse is a different brand. Okay. And maybe okay. it was changed out. Um, you can also see in the picture of Alec in his holding cell, it's it's kind of 
you can see a wall. It's a corner view. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't appear as if it was taken uh, from that monitor because that monitor, you would see the the entrance of where you go into the courthouse and the security uh, line, and all, line that. and all that that you would have to go through. And it doesn't make Metal sense detectors. to me. It doesn't make sense to me that random people coming in could see into people's jail cells. Like I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. There was a monitor there, and you know, I, I think they'll have to investigate this further. But it does not seem that this is um, where that picture came from. But then after this, she says, sometime after the trial, Mrs. Hill forwarded the picture to her friend Melissa Gordon, who was the photographer um, of her book. And place the photo on social media. Ms. Hill did not encourage or ever suggest that the photograph be released in a public forum. Interestingly, the photo was not included in the book Behind the Doors of Justice. Makes me wonder, was it originally included? Supposed to be included in the book, and maybe hmm. she didn't. Well, and and an important fact comes out of this, which is Becky Hill gave the photo to Melissa Gordon. Yes, she says she didn't encourage her to distribute that but she did give it to her so is that enough is that enough of a problem in itself right she didn't technically take it but i wouldn't think the clerk of court should be passing along photos that were not supposed to be taken right i think and her argument is probably going to be that anyone could have taken these photos not not anyone could have taken the photos because only members of the bar and Court staff could bring their phones in media weren't allowed to bring their phones in or members of the public and she knows who took it and she knows who took it. Is this a good time to play that clip? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is a clip from the interview with the Gordons, uh, Melissa and Neil, asking about that photo. One of the allegations in this ethics complaint that was filed against Becky Hill was about uh, a picture that was taken of Alec Murdoch while he was in the holding cell. And I think um, you take issue with your wife did not take this picture. I mean, Melissa, you probably can address it. Did you take the picture of Alec Murdoch in the holding cell? I did not take that photo. Where did you get it? It was sent to me by a source. Okay. 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 So yeah, you're not going to say the source, right? I'm not because, and I'll tell you why I don't want to speak to it because I have a little more reverence and respect for the hardworking people who are trying to investigate this and Anything that is a current investigation that's ongoing, I'm not going to speak to. Okay. Would you turn that information over to an investigator or did you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you did or you will? I will. If they ask for it. I'm an open book. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, we'll get to lawyer Lori, Lori Murray in a little bit and her uh, ongoing battle with the Gordons. Because they're protecting a source there, and that's one thing they didn't like about Lori, but they do the same thing. But regardless, she doesn't have to turn it over now because Becky has let the word out, maybe not intentionally or whatever, who took it and where she got it. We know that now. Okay, let's move on to number four, which was at the conclusion of the trial, Hill was interviewed by Netflix and responsible for releasing unredacted body cam footage, which I think that was, I think she's admitted that that was an error and... uh, Subsequently, Netflix, after Judge Newman ordered, uh, destroyed and deleted all the records of these. So that's, to me, not, you know. You're thinking nothing burger? A nothing burger. Number five. 
Okay, this one says, on the second anniversary of the Murdoch murders, Hill appeared in Walterboro Live article acknowledging the release of her book. In this article, Hill claims that the book will detail interactions with Murdoch, attorneys, attorney tensions, witnesses, and jurors. Uh, I submit that releasing this information to the public could have an adverse effect in upholding the conviction of Murdoch in the event of an appeal. And Hill responds that she went through all of the proper channels. She went to uh, the Ethics Commission as well as consulted Attorney Jay Bender, who is a media attorney and was in charge of the media and was given approval for her book. And that is where there's a little bit of a disconnect because Lori Murray said not officially given, like it was not yes or no. It was if you follow these parameters. But in her response, Jay Bender felt that it, there was nothing in her yep. role that prevented her from doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Number six, yep. guided tours um, that were conducted during uh, normal business hours and there were donations. Um, Hill, uh, there was this tourist who, I guess, gave a donation for $100 and there was an allegation that she struck through the check and cashed it herself. And she says that the courthouse is a public building and that uh, she consulted with administration and law enforcement before allowing these tours to be conducted and that she denies that the attendees were asked for donations and none of these tours were conducted by herself. Now, interestingly, in this response, she says some of the bailiffs received tips from tourists. I don't know. Is that allowed? Because uh, that, that seems like you're weird. getting paid. Yeah. Yeah, that so she's denying the whole one where the check was written to Collington County, crossed it out, and right? And, and she she said she submits some exhibits, which she says proves that she did not do this. Um, they also uh, make a point of saying the Collington County Courthouse is has access to anyone who can make it through the metal detector. That's the only limit. It's, it's a public building, and she says you know she can back up that she did not receive this check for a hundred dollars and deposit it, and she does submit some exhibits to corroborate her story with this. Very good. Number seven, our co-host of the, Wicked, of the South. Wicked South, Michael DeWitt, was permitted to hold a book signing on June 2nd, 2023 in the Carlton County Courthouse. Twice, June 2nd and June 16th. Oh, yes. Yes. So she says that she contacted the administration and she talked to the councilman members to determine if there was any conflicts. And there was nothing scheduled um, happening that day in the courthouse. It was a Friday, quiet afternoon. So she's basically saying it didn't interfere with court business they didn't cancel anything they didn't change any dates she was there just did her job as she normally would be doing it and it just happened that michael dewitt was doing his book signing and she says in her opinion it showed her community in a good light um and she says that she did not receive any benefit from this book signing now the next one is eight during the tours this is the complaint hill is also verbally promoting her book and she says she never gave any of these tours um, or discussed her book. She did uh, say she had lunch with a New York Supreme Court justice, Kathy King, and discussed her book, but that was after the tour at lunch. Now, they go after the person who wrote the complaint. They go after her and say the fact that Mrs. Hayes has twisted and confronted this accusation into the promotion of the book during the tours is again why you should bring her credibility into question. There's multiple times in this response to the complaint where they say that uh, they imply that Laura Hayes is just well, bitter and after her. And let's refresh everyone's memory. Laura Hayes was her former uh, deputy 
uh, was it deputy clerk or deputy she, clerk of court? I think that was her title. Okay. De- deputy clerk of court. And she, um, you know, according to Yeah, former Hill, deputy clerk. That's it. Yes, it is, is disgruntled. Yes. Let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh meal is never frozen and it is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. What did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to factormeals.com slash impact50 and use code impact 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code's impact50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Impact 50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland news producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mahalovic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast, killer podcasts, and Slow Burn Media production. Subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows. Um, so let's move on to number nine. Uh, she permitted staff members to leave work um, for this Netflix uh, filming. Set up equipment and get things rolling. Right. And uh, Hill responds that these days were mixed up um, and that the staff was uh, allowed to leave early that day due to weather. Mm-hmm. So, and again, they go after Laura Hayes a little bit in the response and they exhibit to show about the day, which brings us to number 10, June 14th, 2023. There was a post in a Facebook group, Murdoch Murders Case Discussion. In the post, there's a digital image of Alec Murdoch. Melissa Gordon uh, stated that um, image was taken from a security camera. So we're back to this again. And that Hill permitted Gordon unimpeded access. Right, and it's basically the same response. Yep. She did. Uh, Miss Gordon did not take the picture, and Miss Hill did not facilitate. And then we have that Melissa Gordon was allowed to had special treatment, allowed to enter the courthouse early, and that sort of thing. Uh, Miss Hill reiterates that she did not meet Miss Gordon until March second, twenty twenty three, which was almost six weeks into the trial. And I guess th- this is interesting because I think this is where we are mentioned. It says, finally, the podcast referenced by the complaint actually is mischaracterized as during the podcast, Miss Hill actually states that she met Miss Gordon at the next last day of trial and not at the beginning of the trial. It sounds like maybe our podcast it's, was part of this complaint. It is part of the yeah, impact of influence episode 130. They talk about uh, in the in the complaint, and then she says that you didn't listen clearly because she said she met her at the next to last day of trial. So twelve and thirteen. It seemed kind of somewhat repetitive. repetitive. Yeah. Uh, number fourteen was that uh, she neglected her uh, clerk of court 
duties to take several trips to promote her book and to meet with Netflix and to secure a position in the upcoming series. Miss Hill says that she did not take one single day off to promote her book. Her book wasn't published until July 26, 2023, and that the complaint was made on June 26, 2023. Basically, she says she didn't gain anything. She, she wasn't paid by participating in this Netflix series. Probably not. I mean, they don't usually pay you for being in those. We know that. The specials and interviews, they don't pay you. But what you get is promotion. Right. And people do promote their book before the release. So, uh, I mean, yes and no. And we should note that in response to these complaints, we've heard from Fitz that financial records are being sought by the Ethics Committee. And uh, SLED issued a subpoena for issued emails to show whether she was conducting business related to her book on taxpayer accounts. I guess if she was using her email to promote her book. That, that remains unseen. That remains unseen, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I've never been any sort of elected official or court official, but is it against the rules if, if, if your, your daughter sends you a message, hey, dad, could you pick up, you know, Chick-fil-A on the way home? Well, I think it matters if they're promoting a book or doing some sort of money-making thing, right? Yeah, but she could have been responding to those complaints during her lunch hour, and they just happened to send them to her work email. I don't know. Right, right. I mean, I guess. But I think that's probably pretty strict rules on what you can and cannot do on your county email. And I'm not privy to that Neither information. Let's move on to the second complaint. Um, this is the complaint filed by Laura Hayes. So, okay, so that was a complaint that we went through in Becky's response filed by, um, who was that filed by? Simmons. But now we have the complaint filed by uh, Laura Hayes. Now, again, you heard us mention Laura Hayes before because they mentioned her in the other complaint, even though it wasn't filed with Laura Hayes. Right, and there seems to be some sort of uh, affiliation between, uh, uh, in this response says that Mr. Simmons is a close personal friend of Mrs. Hayes' husband. Um, however, so they're they're saying that maybe these two are friendly and maybe that's why they both filed complaints against Ms. Hill. Okay, so this is the, the second one. I mean, I don't know which order they were filed, but begins with saying allegations are all untrue and contrary to evidence, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, the first one is, is somewhat confusing. They just talk about uh, the clerk paid an employee and an ex-employee and the clerk provides invoices for payments of these in- individuals. I think that will be sorted out if they review the financial records. There, I guess there were t- two employees who were paid for some work, and there she, this person is contending they should not have been paid. Okay. The second complaint is that there were several missing exhibits from a box of exhibits from the Murdoch trial. Oh. And Miss Hill responds, nothing ever left the courthouse without authorization. On one occasion, though no fault of Miss Hill, two exhibits were released, and the mistake was immediately addressed by Judge Newman. Okay. All right, so then the third allegation that she responds to is gifts may have been accepted by the clerk of court from several media outlets. Miss Hill says that she did not receive any gifts from the media outlets during their parties. However, she did attend two parties um, that were held during the trial. We were there. Yep. At those parties. I don't know the technicality of like, say, they're writing in here that 
if they just have food there and Becky eats food at the party, is that a gift, right? So they get really technical, technical about what yeah. is that, yeah. Yeah, that seemed a little bit far-fetched. The fourth allegation, which I think has probably the biggest legal implications, if any of this is true, is misuse of DSS child support incentive funds. Mm, that it would be big because they, the, the complaint says bonuses were given to employees from this money that do not and have never worked on child support files or helped with child support collection, furniture, and office supplies. I've also been paid for out of this account that should not have been, that should not have been. I asked her one time if it was ethical for her to write herself a bonus check, and she said it's uh, federal money, right? And I said I didn't want her to go to jail for unethical behavior, and she said she heard federal prison was pretty comfy. She says I have that in writing. The biggest thing here is these are potential federal charges. Right. These, Make, this yeah, is federal yeah. money that comes from the federal government to uh, help uh, with the child support payments. And I think you're allowed to give bonuses out of this money. Um, so we'll just have to see how this plays out. In Hill's response, she says that she says that Miss Hayes takes an innocent comment out of context. Right. Like it was a joke. It was a joke and that that's not. Uh, you know, she said that in jest, and that's not really how it, I believe that. it was meant. No, I do too. You like just saying, yeah, well, if we go to federal, it's, it's comfy. And she says that bonuses for furniture are allowable to the clerk of court and her staff for bonuses to the extent that they participated in any support role in family court. I think it'll be easy to be checked out, I would think. Number five, the clerk of court uh, used her status as clerk of court for financial gain in writing her book, Behind the Doors of Justice. And the book, uh, may have information that only the clerk of court could have known, you know, again, uh, she, she, she previously replied to that. So she says, no, she did not receive any sort of gain or any sort of information that was only privy to her, to right. her as the clerk of court. Because she definitely can get financial gain, I guess. It's just about, did she use information that only the clerk of court could know? That is where the question is. Yes. Uh, they talk about this bailiff's uniforms uh, that she paid, and there was some kind of some sort of paid for bailiff's uniform, and then they paid somebody who did some work around the courthouse. I think that will be easy enough to sort through. Number seven is Netflix filming at the courthouse, and that they were in her office filming for more than four hours. And she says that she did not receive any personal gain, not one dime from Netflix. Believe that. That's true, the question but question is: Are you getting money because you're talking? You know, your book is getting a, a promotion. Well, are you taking time away from other official court duties or hours to to do this? But you know, if you remember in this same documentary, I believe Alan Wilson and Creighton Waters are also filmed in their offices. So and, why would she not be allowed to? But they are. And as clerk of court, is one of her duties to make Walterboro or Colleton County look good, and so therefore you're doing a. Like if some kid came in and said, I'm going to do a story, a report on what the clerk of court does, could she do that? Yes. Uh, number eight was that um, a movie was filmed on the weekend at the courthouse about a boxer. And she basically says, you know, the, the courthouse is used for weddings, nonprofit meetings. And the question is, what do secu the security guard people, do they get paid from courthouse funds or do they get paid through whoever's renting the place? Yes. Number nine, repetitive. Number 10, um, the clerk of court gave false information to the county finance department regarding the percentage of time each employee worked on the child support enforcement cases. 
so that she could justify giving them bonuses. Um, the percentages do not accurately reflect the true amount of time the employee worked on child support enforcement. So same same thing. They're saying maybe misappropriation of funds. Yes, paying people who shouldn't have been paid. All that'll you know get sorted out. But again, none of it has anything to do with whether or not there was jury tampering or not. Yes. Um, and in conclusion, they they say that. These two complaints were filed two and a half weeks apart and contain the same allegation that's suspicious at best. The fact that Mr. Simmons is close personal friends with Ms. Hayes' husband, as you mentioned, however, is more than suspicious. It's telling. And uh, they're hoping that the whole thing will be thrown out. Yep. That is that. Okay. So, there to break down her response to that. And again, so much of that, a lot of it doesn't even have anything to do with the Murdoch trial. A lot no, of this boxer movie and uh, DSS you know, employees DS. and the furniture. And, right. Yeah. I would say 90% of it doesn't have anything to do with the actual trial. The book part is even a small part of the complaint when you, when you think about it. Uh, there's, a, there's a decent 50, 50. amount about the book. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot. What I'm saying, there's a lot in there that don't have anything to do with the book or the Murdoch. Right. Funds, where the money go, who's paid when, where, what, how. And so... You know, what Fitz has said is they're looking, we know her phone has been seized and they're looking into her emails and her finances. I think this investigation will just prove whether these allegations are true or not. I mean, she's saying they're they're just grump people who have a beef against her for some reason or not. And it does appear as if these things are being looked into. Yep. And a lot of them seems like it would be easy to figure out. Like a lot of paperwork, there'd be, Paperwork to show it. Right. For example, the the hundred dollars that was uh, you know, she written to Colleton County. Colleton County, whether she in fact did cross it out. Cross it out and write her name. I think that's very easy, easily provable. Right. Uh, okay, so let's move now to previous episode where we uh, interviewed the author and photographer of Becky Hill's book, uh, The Gordons, and their battle with lawyer Lori Murray and the fact that they filed an ethics complaint against her. Um, she then responded on a YouTube video uh, and a few of the things she was saying was that she was reading the complaint. So she wasn't saying in her words that it was all true. She was reading the complaint, which you're allowed to do. And she said she talked to uh, Jay Bender, who's the state's famous media libel defam defamation attorney, and he said that he thought everything on that TikTok that she did with all the f bombs was fine and protected speech. I can't tell you the number of of questions of messages I've responded to about this. Um, it would just seem very strange that people kept using the word. She was just parroting this complaint. I don't know if they've heard that somewhere else. They were parroting, parroting. Uh, that Lori. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, like Lori was parroting this. Uh, she was reading. She was reading it. She was not parroting. She was reading it because that's what I, I said to I somebody. I don't know why 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 that word was used. It was very strange to me, and I got that email over and over again. And I, yes, and I I did, and I responded to a few of them, and I won't read them individually because I don't know it was three or four or something say about me being rude about the profanity thing uh, and stepping in. And my response to that remains is when you're doing an interview, you, 
you need to try to keep it focused and keep it on track. I responded like yeah. that too. Now, I mean, you did interrupt and maybe, you know, we're usually pretty nice and we, maybe we let people talk and we get, we actually get the opposite criticism a lot of times that yeah. we, we, we don't ask hard enough questions or we don't, you know, we yeah. don't cut people off. We just let them go on and on. You did interrupt them, but I think you were, you were trying to get your point across and you were trying to direct the, the interview. I didn't want to get lost in the weeds of whether or not it's okay for an attorney to use profanity. People are like, you should have looked up the... I, but, oh, yeah, but yeah. We got a lot of... We got a lot thing. of... We weren't prepared because we yeah. didn't... And, you know, I had a response to that. That was breaking as we were conducting that interview. That had just come out. Yeah. And I think that was an un, unfair criticism that we weren't we weren't prepared. And I think um, we will... Time will tell uh, with whether she was allowed to right. use those words or not. I'm personally not a person who gets super offended about language. I get how some people are. I think you can just turn it off and not listen to it if right. you don't I want agree. to. But my bigger picture thing was our podcast is now not about lawyer Lori. So whether or not she's broke some ethics code for cursing is irrelevant to what we're, what we wanted from them was the Becky Hill stuff. Well, and the Becky Hill stuff's what mattered the most. I know, and we we received also some comments about the fact that Lori did not reveal her source for this ethics complaint, which came out for everyone. But then on the other side of the the coin, uh, Melissa didn't reveal her source for the the picture, picture of Alec Murdoch. Now she did have a good reason why she didn't reveal her source. She did say, you know, it's an ongoing investigation, and I don't want to in interfere with that. Right. I think that's. That's valid. That's a very valid reason not to want to reveal. But I don't know. It seems like there's a little bit of a double standard. Don't call out somebody for not revealing a source if you don't reveal a source. Exactly. Well, and I think that it was disingenuous at best, maybe a lie at worst, when Neil was on Court TV with me and saying that he had no idea where the picture came from. I don't believe that. Because he talks about oh, how close his wife that. are. We share everything. But Melissa's reason for not revealing where I, I, she got I, I, it. I, I, like I, I think I think that that was, that was a, a good reason to say, I'm not going yeah. to do this because of this. Oh, I have no problem with her not revealing where she got it. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Just don't, that's what he should have said originally. Yeah, maybe he should have said, you know, I, because of the ongoing investigation, I can't Talk discuss about that. Don't try to make us believe that you didn't. Wife didn't tell you where she got the picture, um, but uh, again, so the complaints that were levied mainly against me. Um, at the end of the interview, we they both the Gordons were cool with what we did. They're like, "Thank we you." We have not received any complaints from them. I don't know. Maybe now after this episode, we will. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but if they're not thinking uh, uh, that you know we, I was being rude, then why is everybody else all fired up? I, and again, it's about keeping the thing on track and getting to the points we want to. When you're on TV, like Court TV, they're in your ear. Rap, move on. You got 10 seconds, you get 40 seconds, but you can't do that when you don't have I, That's on. why I don't do live TV. Because <laughs> that seems very stressful to me. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, did we miss anything? The Gordon, Lori, da, 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 da. So Lori can watch her YouTube where she responds to the whole uh, thing about the, the Gordon's complaint. And um, we'll see how that plays out. Again, I... Our concern is it's not about Lori. It's not about the Gordons. So we wanted everybody to be focused on Becky Hill and the Murdoch stuff. Right. So that, that was our, we're not going to go down a rabbit hole whether or not lawyers can say the F-bomb. I think they should be able to, but I don't really, that's not my, that's not what this is about. 
Well, and I think we should uh, talk timeline a little bit. I think, you know, we know now that uh, SLED is looking into these. They've got the Ethics Committee investigation. We have also this uh, jury tampering stuff that there may be some sort of evidentiary hearing. I think this is all going to take some time. I think, you know, SLED, everyone has to get all this information and complete their investigation. And I have faith. I mean, I know, I know there have been a lot of comments that maybe SLED is not the appropriate agency mm-hmm. to look into this and whether uh, Creighton Waters and their group, because they they do have a vested interest to uh, keep Alec Murdoch's verdict in place and they maybe they might it. not be the right people. I don't know. We need to talk to a lawyer about this. But um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a hiatus uh, from uh, news about this. For a couple of weeks, it'll be silence. Yeah, hopefully we can get through the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, well, we will have, uh, you know, we're doing other cases too. We got some Susan, uh, Susan Smith episode coming up. Uh, and you heard us do the Pee Wee Gaskins earlier. We are working on other cases. Dale Dinwiddie. We want to tell that story too. Which one? Dale Dinwiddie. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We're trying to gather. If you got any information on that uh, or any of those cases or any case you want us to do, reach out on the Impact of Influence Facebook or Matt Harris Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please rate and share the episode, part of the Evergreen Podcast family now. Uh, we would uh, like it if you'd subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're trying to get rolling. We found better angles. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> and we also want to say we're going to be releasing our Becky Hill uh, episode that uh, we did back in July, uh, just so people can listen to it in, in its entirety. And we'll stop down and talk about some of the things she said. Yep. So that's all cool. That is coming up. And we... Uh, as always, super grateful that you spend time with us, and we'll talk soon, friend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.